can sometimes feel disheartening to hear what's happening worldwide. When it comes to politics, things are more divisive than ever. Thursday night, Winnipeggers stood together to make a difference, marching for the Take Back the Night movement. My name is Jennifer Chen. I am this year's MC and also a member of the volunteer planning committee for Take Back the Night in Winnipeg. Um, last year, Take Back the Night in Winnipeg held a virtual event and I was honored to be one of the speakers as an Asian immigrant woman to share my thoughts and the vision for the future. And this year, I was invited to help organize the event again and it feels amazing and powerful to see everybody in person. My name is Charlotte Cameron. I am a member of the planning committee. I've been involved with planning the event for over a decade off and on now. Yeah, over the pandemic, we definitely needed some unifying reason to come together and the virtual event was wonderful at providing that, but there is an energy and vitality that you do not get over the computer when you're trying to replicate a march. So it was really good to to make it happen again in the real world. How about you tell me a little bit about, you know, what went on today? What is Take Back the Night? Uh, so Take Back the Night started in the late 70s. Apparently it was going on in the 60s in other cities, but Winnipeg, uh, the earliest that we could peg it. And in 2015, a few members of the planning committee that year, we spent a few hours in the archives trying to figure out when it started, get the his history of uh, some of those past years. And so late 70s is what we could identify fairly confidently. And it was women coming together saying, we don't feel safe and we demand the right to take up space, exist on the streets. And it took off from there. And it's been happening pretty consistently since then. Very cool. I mean, I mean, it's unfortunate that event of this sort of type needs to exist. But in the political environment that we're in, it's important that it is here. Seriously. And last year, that's, that's the really neat thing is we can tailor the message each year to what's going on in the world. So last year, or during the pandemic, there was a lot of vitriol being spewed at um, Asian North Americans and people who are Muslim. And so it was really neat to be able to make those voices the the, per the central theme. That was awkward, but <laughs> to make those voices heard, right? To create that space. And, and we need more of that. Uh, so Jennifer, why was it important for you to become involved in Take Back the Night as both an MC and... Uh, a member of the committee. You know, as a movement that uh, started for women demanding safety, Take Back the Night has really expanded to all gender backgrounds to feel safe in our communities. And that is the planning committee felt it's so important to do it this year to, to include all gender backgrounds. So we had uh, speakers, like two-spirit speakers to speak to our audience. And, you know, when the organizing committee met in October to plan this year's event, we could not anticipate that the call for all gender backgrounds is again so urgently profound, as we've heard once again of a fatal shooting and 
the killing of five people at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado, United States, just a few days ago. So it just shows the importance of having this annual march every year to raise, to continue raise awareness and to continue to speak out and to unite all communities. And um, last year I was this one of the speakers as just to speak as an Asian immigrant woman. And this year we had a speaker from the Muslim community. Um, you know, often in the newcomer communities, we know women, they are fearful to speak out in an abusive relationship. They are afraid of the rumors in the community, in their own community. And also um, their immigration status, they are afraid of losing their immigration status if they leave the relationship. And sometimes the husband would use that um, immigration status to force them to stay in an abusive relationship and women often feel trapped um, and there's no way out. And um, um, so we had uh, tonight, we had a very powerful speakers to share from their own stories, from their heart. Um, and it just felt so powerful and so uh, inspirational. Uh, Charlotte, can you uh, please give us a br brief description of the speakers of the event? Uh, I think it was Isabel Daniels, Sadie uh, Lavoie, I don't know how to say it, and then uh, Asma Ahmad. Uh, so Sadie Lavoie was unable to attend illness. Everybody's getting sick right now. It's, we had a few committee members who weren't able to attend. It's, it's just that time, right? Um, but yeah, the, the power that they all brought and the energy was just, it was really moving. And I think the commonalities between their experiences coming from such different directions is a really important aspect as well. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> I no, apologize. Of course. No worries. But yeah, I, I think it's, interesting to see people from different backgrounds supporting one another there were a few drummers in the audience who were were tapping on their drums in support when somebody was speaking and it was just this lovely way of a new a completely well it's not completely different but this different way of saying we hear you and you are seen and i just i think that's such a powerful experience to, to even just be in the presence of to build those connections i mean we can't we can't uh, fix all the problems by ourselves, so we might as well build community and connections where we can. Yeah, it, it. I mean, the reality that we're living in right now is just so polarizing. There's just so many things that just keep taking away from your psyche and essence, and it is exhausting. So being able to find any sort of community or connection and this ability to, you know, maybe make a slight difference, you know, can mean a whole lot for an individual who might be struggling, and then they see someone next to them 
that's there to support them. And it can just, you know, maybe it helps them get through that next day. Well, and even with the polarization last year, we were talking about trying to plan something in the real world as opposed to virtually. (laughs) And the question came down to how do we handle masks? Do we only allow people who were vaccinated at that time? Do we accept everybody and then run the risk of it becoming a super spreader event? So I think the polarization, definitely something to be aware of because I, I can't speak for anybody else who was involved with planning, but I was having visions, maybe a nightmare or two, of people storming the the gates of a anonymous community center saying, you're not letting us into the march. And that's the exact opposite of, of how how the march is intended to impact people. So it, it's a fascinating time to be alive. I'll say that. Yeah. You know, the internet and social media, it connects us, but it also divides us. Yeah, seriously. Oy. So what is the message that we're hoping to get out by having this march, having these speakers come out? Yeah. So um, this year, Tip by the Night, Winnipeg, uh, planning committee, we thought a theme, um, which is, um, called marching from the 17th to into tomorrow. So we, we set this as, um, our theme for this year, um, in honor, um, in honor of those who before us and, uh, unite us all as we continue, um, to uh, demand uh, safety uh, in the communities. Um, and also from tonight, from all the speakers and um, everybody who came to attend the event to support, I really feel um, only by coming together, sharing our stories, sharing our fears and hopes, can we build the type of community that can continue to fight violence on the street, at home, in the workplace, and in society. What about you, Charlotte? What what sort of message do you hope this event gets out there? Well, and it, it's interesting because uh, I've said this so many times, I attended the march as a child. And I remember thinking that power, that energy, that drive, there's no way that there's going to be any violence now, right? Because I was what, five, eight years old, who knows? Of course, I thought that. And there was, it, it didn't, fix everything didn't fix everything as if that could happen and so over the years it sometimes i do find myself questioning why do we keep doing this what is the purpose of coming together and i think acknowledging that yeah this is something that's been going on for a long time the march is almost like a fixed time where everybody stands up and says i can't believe we still have to protest this are you serious but also we are making it better for the future and to keep building that momentum because it did have an effect back in the day. It did empower people and all kinds of legislative changes happened. Well, you're here now on the committee as well. It inspired you. Oh my gosh. That is amusing to me as I'll get out. I love that. But exactly right. Like, so that sense of sometimes being stuck or hopelessness is, is fleeting. It's that reminder that, yeah, This is, we have been in societally, we have been in some pretty questionable times and violence was everywhere and misogyny and just hatred towards any other, but we got through that and we're slowly working our way towards a better future. 
and I hope individuals who are hearing this message of my age and younger get that drive in them with the Winnipeg election. It was like 30 some percent turnout. People aren't going out to share their voices. And I see what people are saying online. I, I hear from, you know, individuals that I meet and talk to. They feel the strain of society right now. And it's incredibly important to have leaders in the community, like both of you, that are standing up and being like, hey, we can make a difference. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a tremendous amount of blood, sweat, and tears. But if we don't do anything, things are just going to get worse. And we have how many centuries before us to point to and go, yeah, that that's what we don't want. That's the example to avoid. It's always ongoing every social movement and any amount of progress we make is something we have to grasp and hold on to because as we're seeing any amount of complacency and getting comfortable and relaxed it can all too easily be swiped out from underneath your feet overnight yes yeah and it is painful because tonight we've seen Many young people, university students came out. And so this really, just like the scene, like marching into tomorrow. You have people coming out to the event, standing together, protesting, you know, inequality and violence against individuals of all genders. What would you like to see from the other residents of Winnipeg who didn't attend, but maybe they're hearing this story now? Uh, how can they help? That is a very deep question. I know, I know it's really it's yeah. really hard to answer. Or what do you think are some ways that people can, let me ch- rephrase it. What are some things that Winnipeggers can do in their everyday life that can maybe have a trickle effect towards, you know, some positive changes within society? Or is that one still different? Oh, <laughs> yeah. bring it. Yeah, no. I often think about how I got drawn into activism and it wasn't a straight line, right? It's knowing that something's wrong and not being sure even what the options are. So investigating the options and learning about that. And then next time it happens, whatever it may be, maybe trying to be a little more active in moving towards the solution. Like I became um, radicalized for lack of a better term. I mean, I wasn't. I'm pretty vocal, so it's not an untrue term. <laughs> but again, polarization. Uh, but no, I became radicalized through activism in the labor movement. And that's where I got my feet wet. And I learned just how much can be accomplished when we talk to one another, when we look at the existing rules and try to decide how to make a situation better using that, but also thinking about how they can be changed next time. I would say anybody who wants to effect a little bit of change, uh, look at what options are available in your life, right? So ask questions at your local union meeting, go volunteer at the community center. It's building those connections, especially after several years of being so isolated from one another for our own safety. But trying to get back into that is hard. I mean, students, talk to your student union, ask them questions. They're going to be more than happy to answer them. I can almost guarantee it. And 
send a letter to the editor if something doesn't seem right. It all of these little tiny actions they do make a difference, and other people will see it and say, "Oh, somebody thinks the same thing I do." And really, we can go anywhere with that. It can be incredibly surprising. I know within my own life, you know, when you're challenging yourself, you're going to learn, trying to be like, "All right." What can I do? Because it can be incredibly petrifying at times to be like, what can I even do as an individual? But when you're talking to friends, you're talking to family members about just, you know, progressive movements and means that better the lives of everyone, that, you know, when you're having those earnest conversations, you're not there on online trying to get clout or you're not on stage at a debate trying to own each other you're just having a conversation and through that earnestness you can start to change people's minds they're like huh yeah that makes sense yeah i would like to see a a a system or society where everyone can succeed and everyone is safe and you know can explore things that they're passionate about And it's just those small steps that can, over time, and I I know within, you know, millennials and Gen Z, you know, each generation is getting more and more progressive and more interested into creating that, you know, society for everyone. The kids are okay. (laughs) The youth youth or whatever the right term is, those generations are doing great. I think they're working with systems that, were created by less healthy generations. And that's going to feel defeating and challenging because it's meant to. But that doesn't make that that awareness of social issues that drive to make the world better. That doesn't make it any less valid. It just means you need more more people involved, more more voices at the table. Yeah. Keep showing up, keep speaking out. And, you know, coming from a, a country that doesn't have freedom of expression myself i um when i came to canada I, first i chose to not confront any stereotypes and just swallow swallow it um but and, and even though that means i felt so hurtful inside um but staying quiet means things will not change and will only continue. So only coming together, sharing our stories, and speaking up can change, can make a change. And, and that's what I really believe. And, and you never know, as an individual, if you're going out to volunteer, getting involved, you never know what you can achieve in, or who you are yourself. You may find something that is completely new, like, wow, I never knew I had this skill and I'm really good at it. Or it's like, oh, uh, I never knew this about myself. And, you know, I love that about myself now. For myself, personally, uh, the more I've, you know, been trying to learn, get into politics and stuff, I've been able to come more in terms with my own queer identity and accept it and be like, yeah, you know what? This is who I am, and I want to help make a world where individuals who are growing up have a place where, you know, they can express themselves and not have to repress parts of them. Well, and also how boring would it be if we lived in a world where everybody was the same? 
I'm sorry, no. I would I would be so annoyed having to walk through a world that's populated with me. Like I I need other opinions. I value other skill sets. And I still remember and also the first year that I was involved in planning the march, I don't think I said more than two words at the meetings because it was so intimidating to be sitting in this room with people who knew what they were doing and very clearly were thinking about things that I could barely conceive of. What, what do you mean we need a permit? It's a road. You just, you walk on it and you don't get hit, right? But to understand that there are people who, from whom I can learn and actually doing that and then turning around and having the chance to help other people learn and empower and become empowered through the process, that's amazing. So, I mean, it goes both ways too. How are you both feeling after uh, today's event? So, of course, you mentioned it's a lot of work, so you are tired. But, you know, besides that, how are you feeling based on attendance and, you know, what the speaker said? Sheldon is always here every year, <laughs> bring us together. And um, the planning committee is on a volunteer basis. Um, we all volunteers to plan this event. And um, it is a, a lot of work. Um, but, you know, when when you see a, a successful event and many people came out and to to share their stories to be there in support of this movement you just feel a lot of energy and uh, you feel we let's do it next year and let's do it the year after next year <laughs> let's do it every year um and let it continue that's funny. She says it. That's exactly the plan. That is totally the hook. <laughs> but it is. There is an energy to it. And to be in a room full of powerful, like-minded people, it there is nothing like it. It's invigorating. So there's definitely that buzz. And, and my back is totally noticing. <laughs> I've been doing more in different ways than I normally do. But it is it is the kind of experience that keeps a person coming back each year. And that's pretty darn cool. If someone's listening to this interview and, you know, they're starting to feel that spark of inspiration, where can they go to find out more about Take Back the Night? And you mentioned uh, volunteering. Where can people go to find out information about volunteering their time to this movement? So... We are not high tech or organized enough to have a website. We do have a Facebook page and anybody who has any questions or really sends any message at all will get um, invited to, <laughs> to be involved in some way just because that's the first expression of interest. That's how you draw people and they say, oh, I'm interested in this and this is something that this is a cause that means something to me. So I'm going to ask a question. Oh, we see you there. Let's see, let's talk about your skills. Let's figure out how we can help you contribute to this event, but also give you a meaningful experience if that's what they want. And if they don't, that's fine too. So they can contact us on Facebook. Um, we have an email account, uh, tbtnwinnipeg at gmail.com. And that's pretty much the extent of it right now. Oh, we're on Instagram too. Um, and it looks like Twitter as well. Yes, yes, we do have Twitter. I don't know as when long the last tweet was. Alive. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I don't even know. I don't know if that's a safe space. Not too comfy there. Ooh. 
Pro- probably not. From my, what the little interactions I've had on Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, right. Oh, but yeah, get in touch. Express an interest. We'll follow up because we're going to be starting to organize for next year, probably in like April-ish. And always looking for people who are interested in being involved. Have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight? Leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk. And have yourself a good one.